So our reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 21, verses 1 to 14. Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment round him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred meters. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you've just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, friends from St. Andrews and those who are joining us online. A happy Easter Sunday. And on behalf of BMS, we would really like to thank the church for allowing us to spend this Sunday with you and for your many years of partnership in supporting BMS and in the gospel of Christ. My name is Kang San Tan. I come from Malaysia and uh, I've been working with BMS now for six years, and we met with a number of church leaders during uh, a few years ago, before COVID, and we've been talking about coming to visit St. Andrews. So it's, it's a wonderful privilege to share God's word with you from John 21 on the topic of a new creation life. Now, often when we think about sunrise, Easter Sunday, sunrise speaks of newness of life. It's a new creation. And in some sense, it's the most natural meaning of a resurrection Sunday. And friends, I pray that in a simple way, uh, whether you join us online or you have been a member of this church, for many years, celebrated many Easter Sundays, or, or this may be those few Easter Sundays that you're coming. And I want us to think about John 21 
as a story that can speak powerfully about the newness of God's love, about fresh hope, maybe for some of you, a change, a new beginning. It's lovely, is it, Tony and your dear wife who show us the emojis, you know, and, and, and I think of it, you know, we come with different emojis, and sometimes it's not easy to share it, but, but you know, it may not always be linear. You know, as you look at the last three years of COVID, pre-COVID, COVID, post-COVID, post you know, there is a sense sometimes everything all comes at once, like that movie. <laughs> you know, and, and sometimes it's not linear. And my invitation to us is to reflect this Sunday when we think about Easter, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, how can we claim as Christians that on that cross, the evil of the world has been dealt with once and for all? What is so special about this person, Jesus Christ, that this death 2,000 years ago that we claim has something to change the world radically. To find that answer, John 21 invites us back to first century Judea, where imagine in Israel, 400 years under foreign domination, and everybody is talking about a new kingdom, a new Messiah. And that Easter Sunday can only find its meaning if we bring our story back to that first century Palestine. There were nationalist movements, there were many kingdom of God <laughs> stories, and Jesus was just one of them. Now, of course, 2,000 years later, we say this is unique. We think about Psalm 22 where our Lord says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? Some writer says this psalm reflects Jesus' self-understanding. Is he going to bring about that kingdom of God? But in John 21, also invites us a glimpse of the story of the disciples, of all the kingdom of God bearers, they followed Jesus. And on Good Friday, there's real sadness, isn't it? You had to go back fishing. You know, have we really back the wrong Messiah? So in a sense, it is a messy, uncertain story of John 21 that I would like to invite all of us to reflect. Maybe in three good Baptist pointers, <laughs> the first point <laughs> is a new creation. Now, John 21 is a context of Peter and the disciples going back to their fishing business. Of course, we are not really sure, you know, were they fishing just for the first time or were they really after the Good Friday in the sadness 
and darkness, they went back to their fishing village. You can sense that frustration, the sad mood, that emoji, you know, sadness, uncertainty, working hard all night and caught nothing, darkness. So John 21 verse 4 introduced to us just after daybreak. At the early in the morning, the new beginning, feels how John arranges this narrative. A new day, a newness of hope. Those of us who are older enough may remember the year 2000, <laughs> and you think about 1999, and all the stories about the millennium, the computer breakdown, the world potentially come to an end, and that first millennium, where everybody, those who have money, will go to New Zealand <laughs> to celebrate. This is not just any Sunday. This is a new millennium. But in the story of John reminds us in a simple way, friends, all of our life's meaning, we trace back to that first Sunday of Easter. We sometimes take for granted daily sunrises, but John doesn't. He positioned this first story of disciples in darkness, working hard, found no meaning. And then he says, just on that first new day is breaking. So it is important for us as Christians when we think about Easter Sunday, we often think about our life being assured. We have new life in heaven. But John is saying there is a new creation. On that first Easter Sunday, it is the first fruits of a new creation. Of course, today, when we think about a new world, a new creation, a new order of being that has come into existence, we look back that God has made a way where there's no other way, where death has no more sting. And by faith, we proclaim Christ has risen. He has risen indeed, despite all the evil in our world today. So if we are just being honest, we look at ourselves. On the one hand, Christians all over the world proclaim that on that cross, evil has been dealt with. On that Resurrection Sunday, a new day, a new order of being has come into existence. It's not just about the future. It is about life here. God has begun a new program of mission. So at BMS, we say we inherited this rich history of Baptists that went all over the world to proclaim this gospel, this good news. How dare can this Baptist 230 years ago send out people and proclaim to Africa, to Asia where I come from, from a Buddhist family, to the Muslim countries, to India, the Hindu land. And that is part of a humility that we have received this unspeakable gift of joy, that not about us, 
Somehow God has done a new order of being, a new creation. So the point of Easter or Resurrection Sunday is to point to the reason Jesus as the beginning of God's new world order, of what I indicated earlier, the first fruits of all those who slept. He's a guarantee that love is stronger than death. And I don't know your story, I'm sure as in all over the country, uh, we have experienced the deeply personal, moving times of life and death and pain and sorrows during the time of COVID. And maybe today God is ministering afresh to you. Love of God that is stronger than death. That the God who made the world has grief over the fallenness of our broken world. So this morning you can think about the two British-Israeli sisters who died in Israel. We think about the war of Ukraine. How long will this go? We think about the fallenness of creation that we in this generation may encounter for the first time this deep understanding that these first fruits of creation also challenges to a new way of living, of mission. Not just to preach the gospel, save souls, but to be careful in how we are stewards of creation in the 21st century. But deeply, when we say we proclaim the new creation, we live by faith. That God has entered into this dusty, broken world and have summoned us to let the morning sun rise, like this lovely morning. They say not always in Scotland, <laughs> but this is an Easter Sunday where the sunrise enter metaphorically, but maybe in a deeply personal way. The resurrection says that God did not give up on the world. We may become cynical, we may even have lost our faith because we live in Europe where we have seen the decline of Christianity. But Resurrection Sunday invites us to look into our life, look into our communities, look at the evil that continues in this broken world and say Christ has risen. He's risen indeed. But that didn't would not mean that we all have our lives all ordered in that emoji, from sadness, brokenness, into happiness. You know, life will continue. So the first thing that we want to learn from Easter Sunday today that I would commend to you is to read John 21 and say when Jesus said, at that early new break, at that first millennium, as we live in the brokenness of life, of wars, of disappointments, of pain, it is about new creation. The second thing in this story, in a beautiful way, that Jesus came into 
by the shore and invited the disciples with a question in verse 5. Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered and said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And then the next great line of Jesus' words in verse 10 is bring some of the fish you have caught. And the next great line of Jesus' word in verse 12, come and have breakfast. I think that the second meaningful way for us to personalize Easter, at least Resurrection Sunday, is whether you have celebrated it for many years and have lost a sense of wonder, or you've been invited to think about this Easter Sunday for the first time or the first few times, is to think about Easter as bringing a new community. The disciples were invited to almost like a breakfast party. Come and have breakfast in verse 10. Now, in the Middle East, as in Asia, in Africa, you know, meal is not a simple affair. Meal is a way of bonding, of community. It's an important thing that when you eat together, and that's why Alpha is such a so-called success in that sense, it's because people are not looking just for good doctrinal answer about Easter Sunday. People are not looking for joining the institutional church. In every context today, whether in the villages or in big cities, people are looking for community, for that sense of belonging. And I think of St. Andrews as this one microcosm where people from many nations come together and say, what would that mean for us to live in a new way, the first fruits of creation, where we no longer look at one another based on our race, but through the grace of Christ. That this new community is not just coming on Sunday, but that we share in this common meal. These physical expressions of the Holy Communion breaks through all the barriers of ethnicity, of class, of tribes, of our history. And I've just had the privilege of staying with David and Jane and been mindful of just the rich history in Scotland. And David's telling me of all the history, <laughs> you know, of the division within Scotland. Ireland, Scotland, English, the Vikings, you know. <laughs> and, and we still live with, people say, the, the new frontiers of, of mission is not just the frontiers of religion the division, but also tribal identity. Some of you come from North America, and you know how polarized tribal identity can become in our world. Mission as reconciliation of all things can only find its power through lived realities of small microcosms. Wherever the church are united, where we love one another, we belong to one another because of what Christ has done. Every political regime are looking for this answer, whether in Israel 
where we are celebrating Passover between Easter and Ramadan in one place. And that challenge of new community that transcends Africans, Latin American, Asians. And when people come into a place like this and say, you love me, you welcome me into a new community regardless of our history, regardless of our race, regardless of social uh, economic barrier. So friends, when we proclaim this, this is a great challenge. We are invited to join in this celebration of Easter, not just to make us feel good, but rather when we accept this invitation of Jesus in his celebration, we are bonded with him in a new way. So remember Jesus says when we look forward to the ends of time, from the first creation to revelation, that if anyone hears my voice in Revelation 3.20, and opens the door, I will come in and eat with her, eat with him, and he and she with me. Today, Jesus knocks at the door of our hearts. Whether you've been a Christian for years, celebrating Easter for years, or you a challenge afresh. You may have been coming to this church, but Christianity is more a social affair. Jesus says, come and eat with me. Open your heart and belong to me in a new way. So friends, maybe in a gentle voice, God may be inviting you. It's wonderful to hear of a baptism uh, this tonight, and maybe for you as well, uh, uh, not to go away and say, this is just another Sunday, but to say that Easter is about new creation, a new order of existence. But Easter is also about new community. And Jesus is knocking at the door of our heart. It means that when we join in this celebration of Jesus' new creation life, it may not be overnight. Uh, uh, suddenly every change, everything changed, but slowly, over time, every celebration, every experience of love, every sharing of food and meals, our views will slowly change. And eventually, it could change completely. And that is a testimony of Peter, where I look at Peter on the night, the difference of Peter before resurrection and Peter post-Easter. He denied Jesus and Peter a few weeks later telling the Jewish authorities in Jerusalem that he would rather obey God than man. And that is the meals with Jesus that can change our lives. Through the Lord's Supper, through the reading the Bible, through experiencing of a community like a church here. And in a few years, maybe some of you, it's time to go back to your home countries. You continue 
this new creation life. You continue this experience of being a community. And this is how mission often happens. Mission is no longer William Carey sending people to the ends of the earth. Mission is inviting people to experience a community life and then God will scatter us back. That leads us to that third point, a new creation, a new community, and a new commission. We know the Peter's story where Jesus says in verse 15, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than this? Yes, Lord, he says. You know that I love you. Feed my lambs. Simon, son of John, a second time. Do you love me? Yes, Lord. A bit, <laughs> a bit of, why are you questioning me? I've been with you for three years. You know me. You know that I love you. Then Jesus says, take care of my sheep. The third time, how irritating Jesus could be then. Lord, you know I love you. Take care of my sheep. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Do you love me? Feed my sheep. It's been said that sometimes we look at Easter Sunday at just new creation life, new community, and for many of us it ends there. Of course, not, not in that real sense, but what Peter or John in, in using this narrative is trying to say that's work for all of us. Missionary is not just for those who become missionary. Every one of us have a privilege of experiencing community life and in a humble way shared with our friends. This is not about uh, militant colonialism going to the ends of the earth, but it is really saying that the little that we know, all of us are to participate in the feeding of the lambs, the feeding of the sheep, but in the 21st century, within the context of multinational celebration. And that is the privilege of 21st century Christians. Of course, in Roman empires, there's already globalization uh, through the Roman roads. But today, you know, at every small villages, God has brought, you know, there's this BBC story that says the Chinese are coming. You know, where the Chinese are coming, not only to Europe. The Chinese are going to Amazon jungles. The Chinese are going to the desert land. The Chinese are everywhere. And you want to reach the Chinese with the gospel of Christ, think about the commission about where you are. And I think of St. Andrew here in this church as one of those examples of new commission is no longer you going out to the nation, but also to be faithful, feeding the lambs, feed my sheep, so that they can return back to their country. It's been said that there are more people, more Japanese coming to Christ outside the whole of Japan than Japanese coming to Christ within Japan. And it's the same thing with Iranians, the same thing about with the Muslim world. You know, where people who come in a place like Scotland who can encounter not only the preaching of the gospel, but encounter a real community life. And they all can go back and share that commission. So 
Part of the new commission is for all of us to say when every time we celebrate this Easter Sunday, we, like Peter, have this privilege to follow him. Otherwise, it is a sad celebration. A sad celebration that caused the decline of Christianity in Europe. By 2050, less than 10% of Europeans will identify themselves with the institutional religion. Why, if the church builds bigger and bigger cathedrals and celebrates Jesus Christ among ourselves, being monocultural, being focused on one race or one socioeconomic group, then we have only had the celebration without the commission. And this is the invitation of Easter for all of us. So in closing, uh, let us think about what Jesus had told the early disciples. He now tells all of us Christians that words are not enough. The world is tired of words. Turn words into flesh once more. Tell our friends through the marks of the nails of our hands. Tell them by our willingness to share their pain. Tell them by giving up your life so that when they find you, they find me. And this is what Jesus says to the early disciples and they turn the whole Roman Empire upside down. So just as Peter, maybe remember Christ and the new creation life. May we celebrate Easter and a new community. And may we go out in the remaining days, weeks, and months in this new commission that we all embrace. Let us pray. Almighty God, you gave up your only begotten Son, in that death on the cross, that we who are sinners might find in him a new life. Grant to us this understanding of that death. Invite us to that love that embodies the cross, that we may give to Christ the worship of our hearts and our lives that through the healing and rebirth of that first creation, we may overcome the evil of the world. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Spirit be all glory now and forever. Amen.